Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to another Slycast on the iHeartRadio network at WIBAFM.com. Joining us now, John Anderson. He needs no introduction. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, lead singer of Yes, and of course has made so many interesting projects over the years. John, thanks for coming on the podcast. Excellent, Sly. Nice to talk to you. Well, tell me about this this album, A Thousand Hands. This is something you've been working on for 30 years. Well, not, not every day. <laughs> so, so, so tell me about the album. Well, I started the album with a friend of mine in uh, Los Angeles, up in Big Bear, the ski resort just southeast of Los Angeles. My friend uh, Brian Chatton was in my first band in the 60s. So we kept up a friendship, and he was there in LA. And so let's go up to Big Bear, and we'll start writing some songs, have fun. You know, it's, it's lovely up there, and we did, and we wrote some really good songs. And... Uh, you know, life happens. He started to go. He was going on tour with B.B. Uh, King and uh, great keyboard player, Brian Chatton. So we've written songs. I put the tapes in my garage for safekeeping. I went on tour with Yes and got on with life for 26 years. And then this guy called me up. This is 19, uh, 2018. This guy called me up, a producer called Michael Franklin. And he, he called me up and said, have you still got the tapes in the garage from Big Bear? And I said, uh, oh, yeah, they're still there. He said, well, send them to me. I'll put them into the computer. We'll get the album finished. And I said, okay, let's do it. So Michael Franklin gets the tapes, puts them into the computer, transferring. And he right away, within about three or four days, he got Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull, to play on a track, and uh, I said to him that I always wanted to just invite musicians to perform on the album, and Michael Franklin, who used to be on tour with Chuck Berry for 15 years, knew so many musicians that uh, within a month or so, we got incredible amount of people playing on the album, and it made the album better and better and better. Just like, we finished it in 2018, Christmas time, and last year, I uh, couldn't get a record company interested until this year. And uh, we got the record out now, which is really fantastic. Well, I think it's great that you got it out now. You know, there are a lot of bands that are holding music off, uh, and they don't want to release it during the pandemic. But it seems to me this is the first, this is the perfect time to release this because uh, you talk about music being a spiritual, a spiritual connection to our soul. If there's ever a time where our soul needs a spiritual connection, it's right now. I believe you're right there, Sly. So you've never been afraid to venture off into different musical genres, uh, jazz with Jean-Luc Ponty. You have done a number of interesting things in the early 80s. Uh, 
why the adventuresome attitude? Some people stick to a formula, and that's what they do their whole life. I probably haven't found my formula yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep trying ideas, and adventurous music is what, what I love to do. I've, I've, I've done an album of Irish music, but I'd never heard this Irish music before. And I just started singing on it. Uh, started doing an album of, uh, actually did an album one time in uh, singing in Spanish and Portuguese. Very stupid idea. <laughs> so tell, so tell me about, uh, how you got all these people involved in this project. Well, Michael, yeah, Michael Franklin, the producer was the one. I said to him at the beginning that it, I got Chris and Alan to record in 1990. They were in L.A. Chris Choir on Light played on a couple of tracks. And I said I was always wanting uh, Wayne Short to from Weather Report. I'd love to get the Beach Boys to sing on it. And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And he got these wonderful singers from uh, Belgium called Zap Mama, fantastic uh, girl singers. And then he got Tower of Power to play on uh, a song called Makes Me Happy. And the, the ball started rolling, and Michael Franklin just knew so many great musicians. And well, and you've got, you've got Jonathan Cain from Journey on here. You've got Chick Corea on here. Uh, Rick yep. Derringer. Yep. It's exciting, because <laughs> and this, this is probably... You know, October, November in 2018, when we were putting the, the final touches to the music, and we finished it, uh, the album at Christmas time, 2018. But 2019, we just couldn't find a record company that was interested until uh, late last year. And we found this company called Blue Iran. It's like a boutique record company. It's interested in music rather than big conglomerate sort of record company types. And uh, we just get on great, and we got the album out now. And like I, like I say, it's better late than never. So I saw you play in Milwaukee in the fall of 2018. Your, your, yeah. your, your voice range still sounds terrific. How have you kept your voice over these years? That's a very difficult thing to do. I know in some respects musicians are like athletes. I, I know it takes a lot of practice, but how have you done that? every day. I love singing. I do a lot of chanting. It's like, uh, I'll put that down and I'll add another sound. You get this rhythm thing going vocally. And uh, a couple of tracks on the album, one's called Ramalama and Where Does Music Come From? I just, I do that all the time. So I sign these ideas and send them to Michael Franklin and said, what do you think of them? And he said, I'm just going on a plane to China. And on his way to China, he actually put the music, all the music into the recordings I'd done on his laptop. And he, he actually created the songs on a plane. So it was like unbelievable, the music that he put on. I don't know if you know this, but Getty Lee recently said that the only band that he's ever stayed up all night waiting in line for tickets is Yes. What was it like to have Getty Lee introduce you in, in your band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And how does it feel to be admired to that level by such a great bass player? Yeah, sweet, sweetest guy in the world. I mean, getting up and playing with the band and making it sound better was kind of fantastic. 
because you, you, you're there at the Hall of Fame. You have to wait around while people get the Hall of Fame, then they do their show and so on. And you're sitting around for like two hours, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can get up and sing anymore. I've got too much wine or whatever. But we got up on stage, and all of a sudden, we we were yes, you know, and there was Getty. It was fantastic. You talked about your work ethic in the interview with Dan Rather for Access, the big interview. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you said you grew up on a farm and that gave you a great work ethic. Some have criticized today's musicians wanting to become, you know, YouTube stars in two minutes. How do you instill that work ethic in the next generation of musicians? It's strange to say that. I was walking around the garden yesterday looking at my hands and remembering when I used to carry milk bottles and deliver milk to people in in the small town that I was born in. And I just loved what I did, you know. I didn't know any better. Me and my brother, we delivered milk around town and uh, sang Everly Brothers songs and he'd sing Elvis Presley songs. And it was just fun to be alive. And, And you didn't think it was work. It was just fun to get up in the morning at 5.30 catch the bus to the, to the farm and start working. That's before I went to school. You know, 9 o'clock I would be in school every morning. So this is, a, this is kind of an interesting time period. What is it like being at home during all this and not having that direct connection with fans? Well, in some ways it's wonderful to have the freedom to do what I want to do. Use that beyond tour. We set up some tours for September which is next month, which we're not doing. We had a tour set. I had a tour where I was going to be on tour with uh, a young bunch of teenagers from the uh, Boston area, uh, Academy of Rock. And I was going to tour with them last month. But these, you know, you cancel them. You think, okay, I've got to stay at home for the next two or three months, which now is six months, like five months later. And I've been getting on with my work all my studio work, all my songs that I haven't finished. I have five or six projects I want to finish by Christmas. And yesterday I'm just finishing a Christmas song that I'm going to put on my Facebook and things like that. I just get on with work, you know. It was, uh, it was really fun to watch you inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, and I mean this in the most positive way possible, you were like a little kid in a candy store looking at the wonderment of the people. I felt like you were making a connection with them uh, in that moment of joy. That had to be pretty incredible. I was hyperventilating. <laughs> well, you were doing it in a very controlled way. Before. Yeah, but it was just amazing to be up there. You don't, I don't do that any time in my life. When I get on a stage, I sing. I get on with the rock and roll band or whatever I'm doing. But stand there and trying to do a speech or anything, I was just like in shock. <laughs> well, I, I also learned how funny Rick Wakeman is. God, that guy's got a great sense of humor. That was that was the perfect moment for him to start telling his dirty jokes. It was perfect. Uh, you know, you didn't play it at the show that I saw, but you know my favorite, well, one of my favorite Yes songs, It Can Happen from 90125. Oh, yeah. Do you like that song? Chris Squire song, really great song. It, uh, it it certainly has a very distinctive feel to it. Yeah. You said in the interview with Dan Rather that you really felt as though Yes fans understood what you were trying to accomplish and say. 
Can you expound on that a little bit? Well, you know, the, to be in a band is is uh, it's amazing when you, you you keep going for a couple of years and you think, I think we've got about five years in this band. It'll be great. And six years later, and seven years later, ten years later, you're wondering, well, we did the right thing. We actually made music that was different. It was kind of unique music, and the audience is sort of grew up with us, and uh, we were very fortunate and very blessed to have a great the success that we had in the 70s was, was based on touring, fans coming back for more, and you realize that without the fans, you're, you're not going anywhere. And we didn't make music for radio. We, we made music for stage and pre, 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 presentation uh, you know, with laser beams and Put on a good show. You know, they paid the money, put on a good show. They deserve a good show. Well, you know what? You know what's great? Yes, Led Zeppelin, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. You didn't make music for the radio. You changed radio. Yeah, that was, that was, we didn't do it on purpose. We just thought, well, we're too old to be pop stars. That's the idea. Well, that, you know, that, that gives you a longer shelf life, right? When there's some more intricacies to it. Yeah, you don't think about it too much. You just keep going and, you know, bless every day that you still got a gig. But then when it comes like 10 years, 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later, you say, how did this happen? That's why I work hard every morning in my studio. I'm working on the next project. I'm thinking about the next things that I want to do next year when I can tour again. And, uh, you know, I'm 75 and my wife is always saying, are you looking up to yourself, John? And the day we were supposed to go into quarantine, I was spotting the, the, the barbecue, and I, I slipped on the on the side of the barbecue and broke my foot. So I was on crutches for a whole month, and my wife had to do all the work. And God bless her. She's a goddess. Well, I'm really hoping, hoping to see you play again. I had tickets to see your solo show in Milwaukee last year that got canceled, but I'm I'm really hoping to, as soon as this pandemic is over, get a chance to see you play, whether it be yes or not. But in the meantime, I'm going to go out and buy 1,000 hands, and of course, that's uh, that's available, you know, digitally, and of course, in the music stores as well. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a good album, so I'm very excited. The energy of I'm doing that interviews around the world now, and everybody just loves the album, which is fantastic. It's really been an honor to talk to you. Thanks so much, Sly. You're the best. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Take care. All Bye-bye. Right. John Anderson, new album, 1,000 Hands podcast at WIBAFM.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.